You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another Thursday edition, as always, a Thursday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. Recorded on a Wednesday, by the way. We record these Wednesday night. I'm Tony. He's Corey. Howdy. He's Daniel. Corey, Daniel, welcome back. Football marches on. It's kind of incredible, isn't it? Wimbledon today. Wimbledon. First time since World War II. This is World War III, guys. It's World War III, guys. We've got factories <laughs> shutting down and building equipment that they normally wouldn't build. We're in the middle of World War III. That's what's happening. But football marches on, and the draft will continue. Roger Goodell made it very clear that the NFL draft will proceed not quite as normal, but as scheduled. And I think that's good enough for almost everybody. Now, I know a few owners, a few owners had something to say about this. Goodell was petitioned to not conduct the draft. And I guess I can understand the reason. How can you draft a player that you can't meet? How can you draft a player that you can't watch? Tua didn't perform at the Combine. And now today, Tua says he's 100% and he's ready to go. And no one can watch it. None of those team doctors can perform a physical on Tua. That's what it is. If NFL free agency was hard, the draft has to be that much more complicated. But Roger Goodell has insisted that the draft will move forward. And so thank God for football, because we finally have some sports to watch. The draft's going to move forward, and today we're going to do a mock draft. Before the show started, we randomly generated numbers one through three to assign one of the three of us to the first 16 picks of the draft. I figured 16 picks will take a full episode. Maybe we'll come back and do the next 16 next week. Corey got the first pick. The Bengals are on the clock. Corey, who are you picking? With the first pick, I'm going to take Tua. Um, kind of controversial. Everybody, everybody thinks it's going to be – well, it probably will be Burrow. Let's be real. But I think overall, Tua is a better draft prospect. <clears throat> I think he's a better quarterback prospect. I just think his throwing motion is fluid. He's about as pure as a QB as you, you could get, I think. Um, and I think if he was never hurt, I think he would be the number one overall – he'd be the guy that, that we'd be talking about. But right now it's Burrow because he had such a great season. Uh, but I, I just think he's a no-brainer. Obviously the injury can be a bit of a concern. But with today's medicine, I think it's real easy for these guys to recover. And I think long-term, I think Tua is going to be relevant in the NFL for a long time. And I just think it's a no-brainer for the Bengals. Very interesting that you take Tua. I, uh, I had Joe Burrow as kind of a lock there. I I know they're the best two, and I, I guarantee that if Tua would have finished the season, there, there would be like a 50-50 pick there on who everybody likes better. But Joe Burrow, man, historic season. I mean, no one has topped that season that he just had. And I agree with you. Tua's done it longer. Um, so I, I agree with your take on maybe the best long-term prospect at quarterback just because we don't have a lot of history on Burrow, and he's done it once. Um, I, I like it. Hot take. <laughs> I like it. 
I, I mean, I, I think we all would have thought Mayfield was a hot take a couple of years ago, but that ended up happening, you know? So I don't think it's even sure. out of the equation, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Burrow could be one of those guys that just doesn't pan out. You know, I feel like if he go if he gets off to a slow start, he may not have enough, you know, he's had one good season. He may not be able to push through a bad start if it's pretty ugly early. Baker Mayfield, I'm so glad you said that. How many quarterbacks were drafted first overall? And now, we talk about this year, right now. Right now, Cam Newton was drafted first overall. Jameis Winston, first overall. Neither of them have a job, guys. I'm a little bit concerned that we are getting, again, wrapped up in this quarterback talk where Joe Burrow and Tua Tagalavia, did I say his name right? Uh, No, just don't try to say it. No, Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Oh, I said yeah. it way wrong. I think we're getting wrapped up in this situation where the quarterback has to be the first overall pick because the quarterback is, is let's be honest, he's flashy. It gets a team together, gets a franchise together. A quarterback goes from New England to Tampa Bay and their season ticket prices spike $300 a ticket overnight. That's what we're talking about here. But the reality is, a team like San Francisco 49ers of 2018 draft Nick Bosa and go from worst to first. I think Chase Young's the first pick. I think he's the best pick for a football team. I don't see Joe Burrow or Tua, either of these guys, as being some generational talent like a Peyton Manning. I don't mean to be a, like an, an, an unconscionable Colts fan, but a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck. The Colts were so spoiled to have two generational quarterbacks. But neither of these quarterbacks are those guys. So See, that's where I disagree. I think Tua has the skills to be that generational talent if he didn't have the injury concerns. That's that's where I disagree. Before he got hurt, he was the unanimous number one overall pick because he was generational talent. But now it's not the case for some reason. I argue that that talent can be found next year in the draft, or perhaps in Andy Dalton. I know that sounds crazy. I don't think he's some. I'm, I'm, I don't want to get okay. Hot take. I'm not trying to say that Andy Dalton is a generational talent. I'm saying that he's good enough to fill the void until you find, until you're ready for that final piece. That's what I'm trying to say. I feel like the quarterback's the final piece, not the first piece. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. I mean, that's how the successful teams have done it recently. You know, you build a whole team around you. Um, Paying a quarterback can make a team bankrupt. So, yeah, hopefully that, that... the goal of these teams are drafting a quarterback and then maybe that's the last piece and you're thinking Super Bowl in the next, you know, couple of years before you have to re-sign these guys. Yeah, are the Bengals going to fight for a Super Bowl in a couple of years? Probably not. Draft Chase Young. Draft number <laughs> number 2, Redskins, Daniel. But it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback. I agree. That's, that's the thing in the NFL. So, I mean, if you run down the teams of who has a franchise quarterback in your opinion, I mean, you're going to come up with roughly half of them. So everyone's just kind of scratching for a franchise QB. So you're, you said Burrow. Was that your pick for one? Yeah. No, yeah, my brother. Yeah, the think, number one overall pick right now is Tua. So Tua's off the board for you guys. Well, but, but Daniel was saying that he thought it would be Burrow. You think that Burrow's a generational quarterback. Is that correct? I, I don't know. I, I hate to use the word generational. Um, he had a generational season. Yes, he sure. did. Yes, he did. And showed flashes of brilliance and I mean, he just demolished the best teams in the NCAA. So, I mean, you never know. Okay. No, I get it. Um, I get it. So, I have the second pick. I think 
I think it's more along the lines of what me or Corey was saying of QB going number one rather than, you know, it's going to be Burrow or Tua. So I think the Redskins are in the situation of what you had last year with what you were talking about with the 49ers. You know, everyone's vying for that top QB spot. You know, the Cardinals took Kyler Murray and the 49ers are sitting here thinking, well, this is the best player in the draft. What's going on here? We're not trading out of here. Uh, I think they're going to take Chase Young at number two. Uh, You know, there's a lot of rumors going around of, do we take a QB? Is Dwayne Haskins the guy? He didn't look that great. The new regime with Ron Rivera there. But Chase Young, I mean, he can completely change a defense just like just like Bosa did for the 49ers last year. Uh, I'm taking Chase Young here in, in kind of a landslide. Uh, the only way that they don't is if they get just overwhelming offers with, say, a team's multiple firsts like the Dolphins to move up and grab that second QB, whether they think it's Burrell or Tua. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer for the Redskins. Get the best guy on the board. You know, like we were just talking about, build your team and then get your quarterback later. You don't even know if Haskins is going to work. He's not, but you don't know that. So, yeah, get the best player on the board. No-brainer. No See, the thing is, though, if Tua goes first, I, I think that it will be enough of a shock for the rest of the NFL of let's all scramble to try and get Joe Burrow. Because I think everyone has plotted Joe Burrow into that number one pick and then Tua second. If Tua goes first, the Redskins might just get an absolutely overwhelming offer to trade out of there. And they may pass on Chase Young just because of the value. You never know. Just because Joe Burrow might be available. Well, I think the Redskins are going to get an offer. And just like they overpaid for RG3, they're going to let somebody else pay for one of these other running backs. Yeah, I totally think that's a possibility. Quarterback? Uh, sorry, quarterbacks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Dan, just to make sure, you think the Redskins would take Chase Young over Joe Burrow too, right? Yeah, I think even if Joe Burrow is available, um, they have Haskins. And I think they're just, like you said, building a team. And they have a lot of needs. And I think Chase Young fills a lot of holes just for one position, but he fills a lot of holes on defense to where I think even if Burrow is available and two is number one, I think they still take Chase Young. Cool. Tony, who are you picking at three? Lions are on the clock, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be, for me, it's going to be Jeff Okuda, cornerback oh, for Ohio State. The NFLs they do a um, – a, a, a grade they do they give a grade to every player jeff okuda is their number two player i mean he's pro bowl ready according to the nfl and, and the way that they do their their it's a weird little grading system uh i could i don't want to get into all of it it's, uh, go to nfl.com look at the the breakdown of incoming rookies you'll find it it'll be really obvious super fast 4.440 yard dash and big time athleticism 41 inch vertical 135-inch broad jump. This kid's the real deal. I mean, he's the real deal. The bench press freaks me out. Short bench press when you look at the combine performance, but I don't really know how much stock I give to the bench press unless we're looking at at an offensive lineman or somebody who just has to be able to press a person into the dirt. I don't know how much I look into that. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, No, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I wouldn't put much stock into a cornerback bench press numbers. 
No, he seems like an, he seems athletic enough to compete. And that's the, that's the thing. That's what it comes down to is we want a wide receiver on the defense. That's what we're looking for. That's what, that's what he is. I mean, Jeff Okuda is, uh, he's going to be an absolute nightmare at a 4.4. Were we talking about him before the show? Is he faster than Julio Jones? Was that the guy you were talking about? No, no, it was a different one. Okay. We'll talk about him later. Well, no, 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 no. Sorry. The Lions pick Jeff Okuda. <laughs> New York Jets. I, I, the, I lo- go ahead. I was going to say, I, I love it. It makes way too much sense. Uh, the Lions in 2019 traded away safety Quadri Diggs uh, to Seattle. And then at that time, their number one corner was furious with the team, Darius Slay. He, he, he was saying, how could you give this guy away? He was young. He's a great talent. And then, Darius Slay goes ahead and gets traded this year, uh, just you know, last week or so, two weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, the Lions have a huge secondary uh, hole to fill, and uh, no better way to do it than the best corner in this draft by far and away. I mean, he's in a tier of his own, like you said. Um, I mean, top three, arguably, and as far as like overall talent, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, from what I understand, he's about as crisp of a uh, corner prospect as you could get. Who did the uh, Browns take a couple years ago? The corner was it Ward? Yeah, Denzel Ward. Who Denzel? I thought time, it was Denzel. Every, yeah, everyone's kind of scratching their head. Like, should they have taken him this high? He's turned into a really, really good player. So yeah, yeah, good, I heard a good comp compared to him. So and he's the best player on the board. So it makes a lot of sense. He's just going to be a really good player. Excellent. The Giants are on the clock, and Daniel picks for the Giants. Go, Daniel. Go. Yeah, it's funny. I I'll just mention here real quick on my my mock draft. I I mocked it out here. I, I had Detroit taking Jeff Okuda. But a couple picks later, because I had them sliding down a couple picks, but it just made way too much sense for the Lions to take Jeff Okuda with all this talent available, all these players available. I, I just think it's just it's destiny for them to k- take him. Uh, the Giants. This one was a tricky one. I think you know they've got the quarterback that they think they have, you know, for the future. They got Saquon Barkley. They've got some decent wide receiver talent. They're still like molding. Um, you know, they're they're getting some defensive pieces. I think they take the best offensive lineman available here because um, Daniel Jones was kind of scrambling for his life last year, and Saquon Barkley needs some more help. Um, so it's it's a toss up. You know, there's there's four offensive linemen that are just. You know, depending on the team, who likes who? So there's Tristan Wirfs uh, from Iowa, who I have in this spot. I mean, the guy, he had a record vertical at the combine, 36 and a half inch. He tied the record on broad jump for an offensive lineman. And he had the best 40-yard dash of all offensive linemen this year. Iowa, I mean, they're known for just football talent in general. And it translating to NFL. Uh, I, I, there's Tristan Wirfs, there's Beckton, Thomas, Wills. I mean, all those guys, you could just slot them into there. But I think Wirfs is the best best available offensive lineman. I think they fell in love with them after, that, after the uh, combine. I like it. 
all these O-linemen are awesome and worse as a freak. And we've watched the Colts, they, you know, they pick one, two O-linemen that are really good, and it changes their whole team. You know, Jacoby was pretty clean this year. Andrew Luck was pretty clean the year before. So having a good O-line is the centerpiece to building the team, and you, you definitely want your franchise, Daniel Jones, to be protected. So I think that's perfect. You know, with Worst, Worst is the guy that stood out to me, too, when I looked at the Combine performance. Just before the show, I sat down and I wanted to focus on offensive linemen. That's a weakness of mine, just to, for full disclosure. Okay, I need to learn more about offensive linemen. I need, to, I need to learn more about the way that part of the game is played. The first thing I did was sit down to study them because I wanted them front and center. Worst was far and above the best offensive lineman at the combine. There's no doubt in my mind. But he fell short in the bench press. Did he do the bench press? I don't have his bench press numbers in well, front of me. Sorry. I know that he wasn't listed as one of the top, like the top 10. He wasn't listed at all. So either he may he, not have done it. That. Yeah, he may have had a really poor performance or he may have not done it at all. That's concerning to me because I don't know the tape. I haven't watched the tape. OK, so so maybe I'm a crazy here, but I'm a little bit concerned there that there's something that he's hiding. Does he not have the power? I don't know. Does that make sense? I think the only place that I think the only place that the bench press would matter I saw a punter doing the bench press during the combine. What is that shit? I'm talking about <laughs> the only pace that the that the that the bench press matters, I would think, would be the offensive line. I mean, that's where you want your bench pressers at. And okay, maybe maybe the argument to that would be, of course, your defensive front also. But the, the offensive line are the guys that should be be able to be athletic and to be able to push a man into the dirt. Sure. Yeah. And I could be wrong about this, but I think for a tackle, they can get away with, I think he could get away with a lower bench press because the tackle is supposed to be more mobile and be able to, you know, follow that edge rusher around the pocket. So I don't think they need that brute, brute strength like a guard or a center does, but I could be completely wrong about that. So I don't think it's as big as a factor, you know, as for the other position, offensive line position. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, recently, the offensive guards have been the, you know, the stout, short-armed guys. The tackles are turning into guys with longer wingspans, so it's harder to bench. So, you know, there's a few offensive tackles that do really well in the bench press and the combine every year, but there's also ones that really struggle, and it's because they have such a long wingspan. I mean, take a guy like LaRaven Clark for the Colts. I mean, he's, what, six seven, six eight. Beckton this year, six seven. I mean, these guys have a huge wingspan, and it's harder to bench. So I guess you can't put all the stock in the bench press just because these guys are made differently. They're just huge human beings. <laughs> He's huge, that's for sure. The Dolphins are on the yeah. clock with the fifth pick, and Joe Burrow has fallen all the way to the fifth pick. Listen, I thought originally I thought the <laughs> Dolphins would trade up. I thought the Dolphins would trade up to get into one of these quarterbacks. They didn't have to. They drafted Joe Burrow. I'm moving on. Corey, the sixth pick is the Chargers. Well, I was hoping you might skip on them for some reason. Maybe you thought Josh Rosen was a uh, <clears throat> a really good player or something. Yeah, so sure. yeah. with that being said, I don't – I, I could see the Chargers reaching and going quarterback here. They could trade back if they think they can, but you have seen that happen before where like a team like Kansas City trades up to the middle of the first and gets a guy like Pat Mahomes. So <clears throat> I guess if you think he's your guy, um, go get him. 
But I'm just going to hold off. I think that's the number one need. But like we talked about earlier, you got to build a team first. So I'm just going to go down the board. And another big need for the Chargers is that O-line. I'm going to take uh, Wills out of Alabama. Uh, just another freak of an O-lineman. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know about him. Uh, I'll let the internet grade these guys out for me, but I just don't think you can go wrong by building your O-line out. And I'm going to, yeah, just go ahead and take Wills here. Pre-combine, pre Jedrick Wills uh, for Alabama was the number one offensive lineman on every board. And then they tested these guys out, and some of these guys turned out to be just freak athletes. And that's how a lot of these guys got in the mix. But Wills was supposed to be the first offensive lineman taken uh, in this draft. Tony, you mentioned Joe Burrow being there at five. I I had a trade there. I, I, I obviously had Joe Burrow going number one, but I had the Lions trading Miami for Tua. And then that pick sliding down to Detroit at five. But in reality... Is Joe Burrow lasting until pick five? I mean, if he's available after the first couple of picks, someone's trading up for him, right? Right. Yeah. So right. We can we can have all the fun in the world predicting this, but like you said, Corey, Kansas City when they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes, everyone was thinking, oh, okay, well, didn't see that coming. We'll have multiple moments like this in the first round, yeah. exactly like this. If if I did go quarterback here, it'd probably be Love, um, and obviously Herbert's in, in the discussion next, also. But I just think that's too high for either of those guys at six, and I, I'm not predicting any trades here. So I'm just going to take a better player on the board and just go a line. But he, they could be quarterback, and it could flip flop a little bit. To be fair, I've yeah, seen so Herbert predicted as high as three and to the Chargers. You never know. Like I said, it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback in this league and you never know who's going to go where i mean we could have the first three picks be qbs you never know that's what it, the, that's what that's what that's exactly what i was just suggesting in my in what i was seeing they were they were suggesting that burrow was one two was two traded to the dolphins and three the chargers reached up to get herbert craziness absolute insanity i think but that's the yeah, league we I mean, live in. It's almost funny. Like when you think of Justin Herbert now, you've seen so many mock drafts. You just think of a Chargers emblem, emblem next to him. <laughs> I, right. I, I could just imagine him going to there just because I've seen it so many times. But Corey, let me ask you this. If you're the Chargers franchise, you're rolling out week one with Tyrod Taylor with no future up-and-coming QB in the mix. It's funny that you're asking Corey this question because the answer is Cam Newton is the starting quarterback, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I like it. I mean, you could reach for love or trade down. I, I just think at this position, this is where I have to draft. I'm not going to take a quarterback there. I'm going to, you know, I need an O-line for when I do get my quarterback. And, you know, there's, there's, I don't have their picks in front of me, but they should pick pretty early in the second. So if a guy like Love falls or, you know, Jake Fromm's going to be sitting back there, maybe they like one of those guys pretty well and they just do that and make, you know, make it a QB competition. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much have to assume that the top four QBs are going in, uh, in the front half of the first. I mean, we expect Justin Herbert and Jordan Love to be picked in the first half of this draft, right? The, the first half of the first round. I mean, you don't know till it happened. Like, we did did people think Aaron right. Rodgers would fall to where to get drafted twenty one? 
I think it's a different age. You know, I think people have a little bit more uh, technology available. I think they have the scouting, like there's no sleepers anymore. Everybody has all the info. So I don't think a slide like Aaron Rodgers had, what was that, 2006, 2000, something like that. But I, I don't think that the technology that we have available today, that the scouting that we have today, that that's going to happen again. Sure. Yeah. And the, the other part of this is we don't know what the teams are thinking. Like, you know, the media says Herbert and Love are going to go that high, but these NFL teams may not even like these guys. You know, you know, it's just what absolutely. we hear from the media. So, yeah, Corey, absolutely. So, Corey, the Chargers, you chose the Chargers was Wills. Did you make your Carolina pick? No, no I haven't. Pick I seven. Carolina's on the clock. Um, I'll take a look at I'm looking at Tony's uh, grade sheet here. Um, and the internet also tells me that the Panthers need a D lineman. So I'm going to take Derek Brown from Auburn. Um, don't really know a whole lot about him again, but he does have a really good grade, which probably means he had a really good combine. Um, and he's right up there with Isaiah Simmons and Akuda with their draft grades. So we'll throw Derek Brown in the slot. Uh, Daniel, you know anything about Derek Brown? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a race right now. Who's the best defensive lineman in this draft? Is it Derek Brown or is it J- Javon Kinlaw uh, from South Carolina? And they both play in the SEC. Derek Brown plays at Auburn. They're both big. They're both physical. They, they both could – one's a run stopper and one's more a little bit more athletic. Kinlaw is more of a pass rusher type uh, defensive tackle that's you know, a little bit more athletic, but Derek Brown is a run stopper. Um, he's just a plug up the middle that can change a defense. So, you know, Carolina has a lot of needs on defense, especially after losing Luke Keekley last year. And, you know, James Bradbury and free agency with the corners. So they, they need they have holes everywhere and they seem like they're filling all the ones on offense, but not a lot on defense. So you know, I had Isaiah Simmons plugged in there for to replace Luke Keekley at Carolina, but I also love the defensive lineman picks because they they have a lot of holes there. Yeah, and I thought about Isaiah Simmons too. Just just looking at the grades that you know that I'm being given here, I'm just going to take the better player on the board. So on my board, it, it's uh, Derek Brown. I don't think Isaiah Simmons would be a bad pick either, but they're going to have the choice of both in our scenario. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Isaiah Simmons. This was the player, Tony, that you referenced earlier. He beat Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and A.J. Green in the 40-yard dash. And the guys... Say it again. Say it again. He ran a faster 40-yard dash than Julio Jones, A.J. Green, and Odell Beckham Jr. And he is 6'4", 240 pounds. (laughs) There's not a for sure – he's listed at linebacker. There's not a for sure position because some teams, because of his athleticism, they say, you throw him on the defensive line, he's going to be, he's going to be a freak athlete. You know, at the draft it was, or at the combine, it was funny. They asked him, what position do you play? He said, defense. <laughs> defense. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'll play multiple positions. I don't care. The eighth overall pick is on the clock, Daniel. It's the Arizona Cardinals. What are you going to do? I mean, with the newest edition of – it's tough because Corey didn't take Isaiah Simmons. 
with the newest addition of DeAndre Hopkins, I was thinking that the Cardinals were wide receiver needy. Not anymore. So they have the QB. They got their wide receivers. They have a running back who's still young. Their defense, I like their defense. They have taken first-round picks last, like, I want to say three years in a row on defense. And they took a guy last year that I loved. He was my number one rated corner. I rate all these guys coming in. Byron Murphy. Uh, they have Buda Baker. So their secondary is strong. Oh, yeah. And they then, did a really good draft last year. Yeah. And they, the year before that, they took Hassan Reddick, who came out of nowhere, an, an athletic freak out of, you know, he's a linebacker. I believe he's out of Temple. I, I think I think they have to go offensive line here. So, you know, I took I took Tristan Wirfs as my as my Giants pick, pick four. I think they have to pick the next available because they've got Tyler Murray. They've got to protect him. You know, like what you're saying, build a whole team. They've got defensive line. They've got linebackers. They've got defensive back. they got running back, quarterback, wide receiver. The only thing that's missing is a good offensive line. So I think Makai Becton out of Louisville, you know, once a Cardinal, always a Cardinal. <laughs> he goes from Cardinal to Cardinal. This guy is 6'7", 368. He's 20 years old. He play. You look at these these film this film on these guys and every other play they're playing right tackle and left tackle. I mean, this guy. You plug him into left tackle, he's going to be the left tackle for the next ten years for the Arizona Cardinals. I like him a lot. I'm taking Beckton. I like that pick. Kyler Murray needs a good O line. He's about to be the best quarterback in the league um, with his tiny hands. <laughs> and uh, there. And I, I like that. The reason I picked Wills over Beckton, this was just a thought in my mind, is I, I like the pedigree of Alabama over Louisville. So I, I don't know a whole lot about these guys, you know, performance-wise, but that's the reason I went with uh, Wills over Beckton. Yeah, both. I mean, both good, super good quality. Jacksonville Jaguars are next on the clock. According to the NFL, their needs are cornerback, lineman, edge rusher, offensive lineman, running back, running back. That's interesting, by the way. I didn't expect that to be listed. I don't believe that's one of their team needs, by the way. It's a rumor. You it, never know. It's a it's garbage. It's just hot garbage is what that is. Okay. Well, do you have thought that a year ago when they forfeited all of Leonard Fournette's guaranteed money because he had a bad attitude. Listen, they forfeited this money because he has bad attitude and now they've got him hostage. That's the situation going on in Jacksonville. They don't need a running back this year. They can get one next year. So let's take running back out of the equation. They're not taking a running back. And if they do, then they're stupid. I I love Leonard Fournette and I think he's a great talent and I think they should keep him. The best thing that would ever happen to Leonard Fournette is for the Jaguars to release him, by the way. But that's beside the point. That's not the point. Well, two years ago, it wouldn't have been. Now it would be because they're in a complete rebuild. And now they're going to waste all this prime. Do you want my pick for him? Yes. Well, okay. Well, Isaiah Simmons is available that you got to take them. But no, I had Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman. Guy's an absolute beast. Why? He, I mean, he's probably going to be the first defensive lineman taken in this draft. 
he had a great, I think he three years before go before went his senior season, and he's a defensive lineman that is a run stopper, but also a pass rusher. So I, this guy, what a story too. He just released that he was homeless, living living out of a car or something. You know, kind of like the Josh Jacobs story from last year, and now he's going to be a number, you know, number one pick. He's probably going to be top ten, to be honest. My only issue with that is with Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye both shipped out of town. I feel like the defense they've got to give some attention to the defense immediately. This is so boring. I feel so boring about this. But I'm saying. But then it'll be Isaiah Simmons. That's what it is. That's what it's got to be. They have no choice. They have no choice. Otherwise, they will hemorrhage points in the AFC South. They have no choice. They they have a they've they've screwed themselves. There's no way around it. Yeah, and another thing with the Jags. I mean, they are they're really fumbling this whole situation with Ngakwe. The trade market is strong, is what we've heard every day. And this guy is worthy of, I mean, a first-round pick, really. He's young. He's, he's had okay production, but he's super athletic. And he is all but off the team. I know he's on the Jags. I know they franchise tagged him. He's not going to be on the Jags starting the season. So they're going to have a hole there, too, which Isaiah Simmons can fill because he can rush the passer. Simmons it is. Corey's on the clock. Tenth pick, the Browns. The difficulty is there's been no trades. That's the difficulty. Because I think there's going to be some trades in this draft. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll continue the uh, Thomas tradition here. We'll take Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Offensive I like tackle. It. Yep, I like it. Six five three twenty. 320. He's, he's great. He's super talented. Like I said, we're going to have top these four offensive linemen, there might be five offensive linemen taken in the first 15 picks. I mean, super talented class coming out and all of them are just plug and play future offensive tackles for the team. I mean, all of them are great. The Jets are on the clock. You got the Jets here. I think the number one needs wide receiver, and you've got every single one of them on Yeah, board. and Robbie Anderson's gone. Okay, yeah, the Jets. You're absolutely right. You helped me out with that. Yeah, the Jets are oh, on yeah. the clock, That's- and and all of the wide receivers are available. So I'm taking a wide receiver. If I'm if I'm the Jets, you're absolutely right. Corey brought this up. Yep. Thank you. I'm going to edit some of that crap out, but Corey was absolutely right. The Jets are going to take a wide receiver because the wide receiver is the best player available. It's going to be C.D. Lamb, and that's the end of the story. Love it. That's that's exactly who I'd slotted here. You know, it's it's a matter of like what Corey said earlier. Who likes who better at quarterback? It's going to be the same thing here. There's going to be a, a run here of wide receivers because there's a few wide receiver needy teams coming up here in the next few picks. And what do you like better? I mean, a lot of these guys, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, they're going to be one A, one B. And it's just a matter of who they like better. And I love C.D. Lamb. I mean, his comps coming out are 
DeAndre Hopkins, um, which, I mean, he even says it's an honor, but he is, he is very, very good. He's 6'2", 195, can run routes very well, uh, sure hands, love CeeDee Lamb. And he had Jalen Hurts throw him to him. Not gonna hurt. Not gonna hate on Jalen Hurts, but he made him look even better. And that's that's Jalen Hurts throwing to him. Just wait till he has an NFL quarterback and a guy that can air it out like Sam Darnold. I mean, this guy has the potential to be the offensive rookie of the year. I like Lamb a lot. I like his size. I do like the DeAndre Hopkins comparison, and that, I think that's why I like him better than Jerry. Too. I just think he's going to be dominant in one-on-one situations, and he could be one of the best receivers in the league here in the next few years. The Jets choose Lamb. Daniel, you're on the clock. The Raiders. The wide receiver run continues. You know, the Raiders signed uh, Tyrell Williams last year out of free agency, and you know how that worked out. Uh, they signed Antonio Brown. They traded for him. We know how that worked out. The Raiders have been trying to get talent at wide receiver to to know if Derek Carr is the answer, and they haven't been able to do that because he's had nothing around him since the Amari Cooper Michael Crabtree duo. And oh yeah, because that's not notable because that's not one of the best pairs in the league. Oh, fantastic! Are yeah, you kidding me? Just, I can't believe you just said that, Daniel. That when you said that, uh, that made me want to say that Derek Carr is washed. He's garbage. Okay. He was an MVP candidate that yeah, year. Yeah, I know he was an MVP candidate yeah. that year, but what about all the other years that he had Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper is known to disappear. Okay, Amari Cooper, he's not all that great when he's the surefire number one option on the team. When you're only relying on Amari Cooper, he can disappoint. When you have somebody else that's talented opposite side of the field, that's when he shines. Amari Cooper is not the number one option on any of his teams. I mean, even even at the end of the year, back half of the year, Michael Gallup had a tremendous year back half of the year. Amari Cooper was playing. It didn't make any sense. Well, none of we that made any sense. That whole team no. fell on its face. Are you kidding me? They were eight and eight, second in their division, and Amari Cooper's getting Amari Cooper's the one getting the money. Right, because he's a wide receiver and he's young. Sure, and he's and he's talented. He's shown flashes. He changed that team. But yeah, I don't know that he did change that team. The, the, I, I think he just gave him another option and took some focus off of Zeke. I got a little sideways there for a second because I think I want Derek Carr to be something, but the answer is not a wide receiver. Amari Cooper is as good or better. Amari Cooper is as good or better than any wide receiver in the draft. Maybe other than CeeDee Lamb. Maybe CeeDee Lamb is different. But so I, who's Daniel picking here? Yeah, who are you picking, Daniel? I'll pick a wide receiver that could change an entire team. And his name is Jerry Judy. He is the best route runner in this draft. Better route runner than CeeDee Lamb. If you turn on YouTube right now and search Jerry Judy highlights, even, even in his sophomore season, Okay, at Alabama, you will just you'll have reminiscent flashbacks of OBJ in his rookie season. I mean, this guy he he runs a route and he he will put a corner on his butt without touching him. I think Jerry Judy is a fantastic talent, and I think it's a surefire pick for the Raiders 
if Jerry Judy goes to the Jets, they're picking C D Lamb, but C D Lamb goes to the Jets in this in this mock draft, which is what I had actually. But I think Jerry Judy might be the best overall receiver in in the whole draft. And I think the Raiders would be thrilled to have him. I'm picking Jerry Judy. Yeah, you know who else is a really good route runner is Michael Thomas. And they're about the same size. Judy's a couple inches shorter, about five pounds lighter. But a guy as reliable as Michael Thomas is a game changer. I mean, that dude just – he's just mopping up the catches every game. So I. But who's going to throw the ball it. to him, guys? Who's going to throw the ball All to right. Jerry Judy? Let's, hey, let's move this thing along here, Tony. God All damn. right, Corey. Okay, okay, okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who throws the ball to Jerry Judy. He's going to catch it, and he's going to be open. You're right. Preach I mean, it, baby. The question was not – who is going to throw the ball to Jerry Judy? The question was, who will the Raiders draft? And I'm sorry, I got bent. I got out of line. Corey, you're on the clock. The San Francisco 49ers with pick 13. Okay. So I was kind of looking at this while you guys were bickering. We weren't um, bickering. We weren't bickering. <laughs> so the internet tells me the 49ers need a wide receiver, but the only wide receiver I really like here is Ruggs. And I think yeah. they've already got a – but, well, I, I think they've already got a couple guys like that, like Debo Samuels, a burner. Or is that – yeah, Debo. And I feel like they've got a, a couple other quick guys. So I think the perfect pick here – um, they just the Colts just took their two interior defensive linemen or two of them. I'm going to put Kinlaw in the slot because you know they could have gotten rid of those guys because they obviously they didn't want to pay Buckner the money. They may have felt like they had a guy in the draft who would be a good replacement here in the next year or two. And I think that guy could be Kinlaw, so I'm going to take him. L- love it. I mean, I had Henry Ruggs going there just because I think he's he's a he he isn't like anyone they have. I mean, Debo, he's more of like a like a route runner, more of a possession guy, takes some snaps out of the backfield, kind of like a half running back. Rugs is a, hey, you just chuck it up, I'll go get it. You know, he's Tyree Kill. That's his comp. And sure, he talk about a guy that can change the offense. Okay, so they lost Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, he signed elsewhere. Who else do they have at wide receiver? other than Debo, because they've been trying to find the answer. Because Dante Pettis, they thought was the guy after year one, the guy barely even stayed on the team after year two. I mean, the guy was terrible. They have Kendrick Bourne, who's been pretty decent. Uh, I think pretty underrated guy, actually, in Kendrick Bourne. George Hill is obviously... Yeah, Marquis Goodwin, he just can't stay healthy. You know, he's he's like T.Y. at this point. I mean, he—you just expect Marquise Goodwin to come into the game hobbling and to leave the game more hobbling. I—I I think they are more wide receiver needy than some of these other teams here, even though they made the Super Bowl and they seemingly had it all figured out. Sure, so I love the pick though because they had a huge hole in defensive linemen, especially after that Buckner trade. But yeah, I, I had rugs slotted there, but I love the pick. Here's what I'm thinking too. If say they they really like a D lineman, um, we we talk about how deep this wide receiver class is. I mean, they've got another pick at 31, so they could take a wide receiver there, and you know, in another 18 picks, we'll be back on the clock. Absolutely, and they're and guess what? They're going to get someone super talented there because this draft with wide receivers, there could be 
five, six wide receivers picked in the first round alone, which is something that we hadn't seen in a while. So Tampa Bay, um, I originally had them slotted here for a defensive lineman. I know they had Indomitian Sue. They re-signed him. He's coming back. It's a one-year deal, so they don't really have a lot of options there moving forward as far as the future. You know, they're trying to surround Tom Brady with a full team. Um, offense, I think, maybe figured out other than running back, maybe offensive tackle, offensive lineman, something like that, just around Tom Brady. Um, I'm just looking here because I had had a defensive lineman taken there. I'm, what defensive lineman did you have? I had Derek Brown there just because I had Kinlaw taken earlier. I mean, it doesn't really matter what we mock. It's those guys are one, two easy uh, as far as defensive See, tackles. Are you telling me I sniped your pick? <laughs> yes, you, you snagged it. Um, for Tampa, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go in the secondary. Um, I think they they pick the second corner available. If the draft works out just like this and they're on the clock right now, I think they take the second corner that they like the most. And in my opinion, it's TJ Henderson from Florida. Um, they've had a few first and second round picks for the secondary that haven't really worked out, like a Vernon Hargraves. Uh, kind of moved him to safety. I, I like C.J. Henderson here from Florida. Um, you know, native would be pretty easy. Easy to scout. Um, super talented. He's probably the second best corner. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take C.J. Henderson from Florida for, for Tampa Bay. It's too early of a pick to pick a running back. I definitely think they're picking a running back. Maybe round two. If they don't take one round two, they're definitely taking one round three. Ronald Jones is not the answer, and they lost Peyton Barber. They're looking to add a pass catcher, is the recent news, and so that doesn't bode well for Dario Grumbawale. And the pick is just too early to take a running back, but they could easily have picked DeAndre Swift. But I think with the talent available on the board, they just can't. They can't do it yet. Next on the clock, we got the Broncos here at fifteen. Uh, Henry Ruggs just fell in my lap. Love it. Absolutely love it. We talked about it not too long ago. The Broncos are one of those teams that just kind of show back up every few years. Uh, They're really well run. They're a good organization. They have Cortland Sutton who kind of burst onto the scene. He's a big possession, you know, go up and get it wide receiver. Henry Ruggs is going to finish off this offense. If if Drew Locke can keep that rolling, uh, he's just kind of a gunslinger. Uh, If Ruggs can run down the field and kind of spread out that offense, Sutton's going to have a big year. Fant's going to have a big year. They've got some good running backs now. They got Melvin Gordon, right? I'm not. I don't have that wrong, right? Yep, you got it. Yeah, so I think that puts that's perfect here. Ruggs is going to be the burner on that offense. I absolutely love it. I I had a little wide receiver run in my personal mock draft. I I, I figured the Jets, Raiders, and 49ers would each take a wide receiver, and I I hated it because I paused and I said. God, I want one of these guys to go to the Broncos. 
and I, you know, out of all three, it's probably going to be Henry Ruggs. The two wide receivers are taken ahead of, you know, the Broncos pick. And I absolutely love that pick. I, I wish that I could just pencil in Henry Ruggs for the Broncos because it's like you said, they have tight ends, no offense. They have the X receiver, big guy, Cortland Sutton. They have maybe a slot guy kind of kind of working there in Deshaun Hamilton. But, man, if they can add the speed of Henry Ruggs to that offense with Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay, oh, my gosh, I would love that. And I'm the – I'm the one that predicted the Broncos to be a surprise this year. If they can get Henry Ruggs in the draft, man, I will look so smart. If the Broncos get yeah, Henry he, Ruggs in the draft, then you will look very, very smart. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and it works out perfect here too. He's the best player available on my board. And let's say let's say he's not he ends up not being that good, at least for the first year or two, just the presence of him on the field is gonna it's gonna help that offense. But let's you know, he could drop 15 balls or something, but just him being out there is a threat, just like uh, Tyree Kill is. Yeah, I mean, you, okay, same offense. You look at Miko Hardman. Are you kidding me? So Patrick Mahomes rears back. You're looking at Miko Hardman on one side, and, and you're thinking this guy's one catch away from taking an 85 to the house. That's the exact effect that Ruggs had. I mean, Miko Hardman didn't do all that much, but if you think about it, you're thinking, man, this guy, he tore it up. He had a great year. But he didn't really have that great year, but that was just perception on what he did to that offense. Yeah. I love it. For the last pick of the episode, the Falcons are on the block, and I pick for the Falcons. And unfortunately, I was going to pick Henderson. Thanks, Daniel. You're welcome. I actually had TJ Henderson picked for the Falcons at number 16. It makes all the sense in the world. Here's the reality. It really does. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater paired with Christian McCaffrey. That makes up for six games of the season. They need help. They need some help. They're going to need defensive help. My problem is, now that you've taken Henderson, I can't pronounce the name of the guy that I think that they're going to pick next. Who is it? I think his name is, I'm going to guess here. I'm guessing on the name of the player. I think his name is, I can't even guess it. Chassion. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Clavillon. Linebacker from LSU. Clavillon How do you say his name? Yes, Edge from okay. LSU. Clav- yeah, yeah, yeah. Clavillon Chassion. Chason. It's a very beautiful looking name. Clavion Chason. Clavion Chason. We're guessing. He, he, we all have different answers. I don't like it. <laughs> Love it. Love the pick. Super athletic guy. That's my pick. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.